Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Welcome back. We're here. We took a vacation. Not together. Uh, but we're back. <laughs> but we're back. The most exciting thing of it all is that I've officially got to that age where, you know that phrase like, use it or lose it? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm at that age where if I don't do something repeatedly, <laughs> it's gone. What so did was, you lose? Well, no, I was slightly worried <laughs> that I was going to try and set up the recording of this podcast and then forget. Oh, how did I actually do it? I thought you were saying you you lost the ability to say like, hello and welcome. Because that's always the thing. Hello. You're, uh... We didn't really take a vacation. <laughs> I just spent the last 20 days practicing. Hello. Working on her welcome. Hello. hello. Hi. <laughs> Howdy. But yes, we're here. Episode 19. Uh, Rachel is excited because she thought we were on episode 16. Yeah. But... I, I'd forgotten. Vacation was good, I guess. I've, I've forgotten so many things from two weeks ago. So, <laughs> listeners, thank you for like being patient. I'm hopeful that some of you will come back and tune in and hear what we've got to say. Uh, this week, we're going to do kind of a catch-up sort of an episode, chat about our vacations, our experiences with like food and drink and eating and how we feel and some quick catching up on Olympics and CrossFit games and all stuff related to things that we like to talk about here. And then we promise we'll come up with something spectacular for episode 20. Yeah, that's true. It's like another anniversary to celebrate. Right. What, what is, what, I wonder how many episodes does 20, if we get to 20, how, how does that make us rank on the, uh, podcasts on iTunes because 10 got us to what like the 70th percentile or Some, something. yeah something like that <laughs> 20 has got we're, we're getting up there I think we are we probably yeah. inched, inch one inch closer exactly to being famous enough to have a corresponding YouTube channel exactly so we can finally do all the things when we reference things then and have to remind ourselves that our audience Speaking cannot your see hands them. yes <laughs> when no one can actually see that's actually really interesting I'm in my like coaching masterclass course right now We've done spent the last two weeks fo- focusing on like nonverbal communication. Like, oh, cool! Everything like kind of the pitch of your voice, the tone, like facial expressions, how you use your hands, body yeah. language, and all of like the the words behind the words. Right. Which um, I'm I'm actually fascinated to what like if you were listening to this, can you tell like the words behind the words? Can you like I'm obviously waving my hands around right, right. now. <laughs> And I can see that. Doing stuff with my hands, but listeners cannot. But can they kind of sense that I might be in a certain kind of mood or whatever? I might be moving my hands around. So can you even pick up on the body language without seeing that person? That's when you're good. There you go. Uh, Comment. Let us know if you. Comment. (laughs) Because I also feel like during this podcast, I do a lot of nodding. So Uh when you're talking, I'm like, "Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm like nodding my head. That's what she said. She's really sleepy. Snoozing. I'm actually just petting Dory and like, you know. Petting the doodle <laughs> and um, sleeping. Going, Shut up, Hannah. But yes, one of these days we'll, we'll do some YouTube stuff and we can uh, 
then we'll really have to dial it up. That's um, when we'll forget and we'll be like that scene out of like, uh, was it Talladega Nights? Where he's like, I don't know what to do with my what hands. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, I feel like okay. the pandemic uh, has given me a lot of practice with that. So I've been like, well, we've both been working remotely for, it's coming on like a year and a half, right? Mm-hmm. In September, it'll be a year and a half. Um, and because I have so many meetings on Zoom and on Zoom, you see your own face, right? It's like you are at a meeting twice because you're there but then you also see your face and I find like I have become very attuned to how I speak with my hands or what my face looks like because I have to look at myself the whole time when when you are on zoom do you look at yourself or do you look at the screen and try and like as if you're looking at other people like so, uh, the camera like the camera right because yeah. like yeah the iconic so it depends if I'm if I'm giving a presentation or if I'm yeah, like if I'm giving a presentation and I've shared slides or I'm sharing my screen, I try to remember to look at the camera um, because at that point I kind of assume people are probably looking at the slides I'm sharing, but my face might also be the only one in like the little box in the corner. Uh, when it's a whole group, I go back and forth. Like I find myself getting distracted by myself sometimes. Like and I like looking at, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Especially if it's like I'm not talking and someone says something that maybe makes me react. I kind of like, oh, yeah, right. They can see my face. Like, I can't roll my eyes. <laughs> I tried to challenge myself. I had a Zoom check-in with my group nutrition um my group nutrition group. My group nutrition group. <laughs> my group that I'm doing a year-long program with. I had, I had a Zoom with them today. And I tried to challenge myself in order to, like, properly, like, actively listen to just look at the camera like, look at them and not at all look at myself. Interesting. Because as soon as I look at myself, then I start doing weird things with my face. Right. And then I remember that so other people are up. watching me kind of going, oh, if I move this eyebrow like this, then I look a little better. Or that makes me yeah. wrinkled. Or if I just do this with my mouth and my lips look better. And I'm like, <laughs> She's oh. making duck lips right now, y'all. <laughs> like um, everybody's looking at my weird face. But and I was about look at them? I was about... I would say 70% successful, but it's weird because <laughs> it is like so hard to just stare at the camera yeah, and not be like, oh, me. No, not me. Look, tune in, pay attention to the camera. Yeah. If I'm in meetings where there's a bunch of folks, like more than, you know, six or seven, and then you do kind of look at the people as they're talking, but then sometimes that means you're looking at a part of the screen that's like farthest away from the camera. So I think I'm looking at that person's face. But from their perspective, it might be like like I'm looking down or, right, like, because mm-hmm. I'm not looking at the camera. And then I always wonder, I'm like, oh, do people, like, maybe they, I'm actually, they think I'm reading something on the computer screen or on my phone. When really, from my perspective, I'm looking at them. I don't know. Zoom's tricky. Zoom problems. Zoom problems. This is, anyway, a, this is a new thing for us all. The moral <laughs> of the story, don't do weird things with your face while on right. Zoom. And if you do do weird things with your face all the time, just start a podcast and no one can see it. There you go. Okay, so uh, vacation catch-up. Yes. Uh, we're not just going to tell you about our wonderful times on vacation. We're going to try and relate it to the sort of things we talk about on this podcast. Mine's pretty easy to do because I went to New Orleans, Louisiana, NOLA for a week. Yeah, you are a brave and... soul going to NOLA in July. <laughs> it, 
Yeah. It <laughs> was Gulf Coast, hot, humid. Honestly, the first two days were not bad at all. Like, yeah? You know, I almost got slightly chilled one day. Oh. But only because we went okay. on one of those, like, alligator Here's tours, the question. And did we you pack in... your puffy? I did not. But <laughs> I did have... The cashmere wrap that Dave bought me for Christmas, okay, and it came the cashmere out. Wrap to it came Nola out. In July. My, here's my problem with the the Gulf Coast and like any area that is hot and humid. People love air conditioning. Oh yeah, that's now true. air conditioning can be acceptable in super hot, humid climates if the person who's controlling it takes into some consideration of how people <laughs> are dressed. Obviously, if you're going to be walking around. In 85 to 95 degree heat that's like hot and sweaty, you're not wearing a lot of clothes. Right. Then you go inside. If you then walk into a place where you're trying to enjoy a drink or a meal or sit on a bus to take you to see some alligators for an excess of 30 minutes, and it is so (laughs) cold that you may as well have stepped into a refrigerator, but you didn't come prepared with winter clothes to keep you warm in that, then you've messed up. Yeah, that is tough. And it's true. In Santa Barbara here, we do... None of us have air conditioning. Not many people have air conditioning as a matter of course. And so I forget, you're right, I forget what that difference is like when you go from 90 degrees to like 55 it's degrees. brutal. <laughs> there was a couple of places where they got it right. Whereas like you stepped inside and it was cooler but not cold. Yeah. So it was perfectly comfortable to sit there with a t-shirt, shorts, like or whatever still have you're wearing. Like a cold beverage and, and not be cold. You know, feel just like, oh, that's a relief from the outside, but I could sit here for an extended period of time and be comfortable. Yeah. But like the hotel bar, we, we stayed at the Hotel Monteleone, which has the famous carousel bar. Oh, and yeah. You could, when you walked through, it was like as you walked in or out, like just, it was just inside the, the door, so like in the hotel lobby. When you walked past the entrance to that bar, you could feel the chill coming out of there. <laughs> And the first day we were there, we went into this bar and, you know, Dave was all excited because we, we finally got seats at the, the carousel part, which you're mm-hmm. moving so slowly, you barely even notice, but right. it's like, oh, we got to do it. And I had to leave after so like, like, I got through one drink and I was like, I got to go stand outside because I'm literally <laughs> freezing my ass off. Oh, no. And it is not, you know, if you're going to drink a cocktail, there's like $15 a time. You want to be able to, like, taste it and then enjoy the buzz. But when you're so freaking cold, you can't even get buzzed because you're shivering. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. So you should have packed your puffy for indoors. I should have packed my dang puffy. I should have packed your puffy skirt thing. (gasps) Yes. The down skirt. Drape it over your lap in a a cold bar. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I actually... That was another amusing thing. I, for some reason, I was so busy before I left, I packed really poorly and by about day four I was like I'm not gonna have enough clothes so we actually had to go shopping and in a place that the day we went shopping it was probably low 90s with all of the humidity and I bought a sweatshirt oh wow okay there you go you know if you pack poorly uh you can fix it by going shopping that's true but apart from the drastic difference between inside and outside and it actually wasn't that bad the first couple of days. It was only like high 70s, low 80s for the first two days. Okay. Which was very acceptable. I was almost disappointed. But then by midweek through the rest of the week, it was literally like you stepped outside and someone punched you in the face with like a hot 
boxing glove. Hot moist boxing <laughs> glove. Hot moist boxing glove. Gosh. <laughs> I I don't mind honestly. I don't. I like. I wouldn't want to be. You know, trying to. We we went for a run one morning and we thought. I mean, like I have to be nice to Dave. So early run was like 8 a.m. But I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter because the difference between daytime and nighttime probably is still like hot. four degrees. Yeah. So, you know, at 8 a.m. it was probably 85 and If you got at 6 a.m. it wouldn't have been much different. No. And we ran for 15 minutes and it was like just pretty disgusting. Like, it's also you're running in a city, which is doubly disgusting. And yeah. a city that's like not maybe not got the best sewage system so you run through places where you're like i need to bleach my (laughs) mouth but (laughs) i like that temperature to try and do like something like crossfit yeah would be kind of gross even to work outside would be gross but to just be like walking around and dipping in and out of refrigerators aka (laughs) anywhere with ac it doesn't bother me too much but um yes so i went there which is i mean i think you're inhaling calories just by breathing pretty much i mean nola is uh yeah i mean that's i would love to know people go there just to eat yeah and be entertained right there's great music but really when i think of new orleans i think of food I, th- I, I would love to know if there was some kind of test to see, like, what percentage of the air is powdered sugar. <laughs> uh, in the fr- Anywhere in your Café du Monde, it probably, right? It's, like, probably floating out there. Like, you're literally inhaling, <laughs> you're inhaling sugar. powdered sugar. <laughs> yeah, Even I mean. Even if you don't want to eat it, you're still going to get it in your system somehow. I've been to New Orleans once, and I, I mean, my clearest memories are of things like the beignets, mm-hmm. Bananas Foster, which was created there. Um, and then like all manner of like delicious, like Cajun Creole type, you know, savory dishes. So it's intense. Yeah. I mean, for me, probably like if you took someone who was born and bred, New Orleans, born and bred. Yep. With all the flavors and the richness and the sugar and the frying (laughs) and they came and stayed with me for a week. Yeah. They would be so miserable. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do they even have broccoli in the stores in New Orleans? I, I well, we never went to <laughs> we never went to any grocery store or anything like that. But so me and Dave, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to like food. Like he doesn't. He obviously doesn't eat like that all of the time. Yeah. But you know he's quite happy to go and indulge and enjoy and loves. He has a sweet tooth. He can eat lots of dairy stuff and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he enjoys, and, and good for him, like he enjoys going to somewhere new and really going to town yeah. on their local cuisine. And some people would say if you're going to New Orleans, you, you, ha- you, you have, have to. to, like that's part of the cultural experience yeah. of so many places, not just New Orleans, is like trying the food. And this is where it so kind of got <laughs> interesting for me because I was like, okay, I know that like I'm in a pretty reasonable, balanced place. For me. Um, and I was like, I had to have a little word of myself. Like, I know this is going to put me probably outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, I wanted to go and I wanted to enjoy their food as best as I can. Like, a lot of stuff is not easy for me to eat because it, there is, like, dairy. With the and... no dairy thing for you, that, that's always Yeah, it tricky. does yeah. take a lot of stuff out yeah. of the equation. Yeah. Um, 
and I was like, I want to go and do my best to what the things that I can eat to like be able to enjoy it without being like, oh my God, it's a week off. I'm going to throw as much food into my gullet as I possibly can. <laughs> and if I barf, then it's a, it's a win. <laughs> it's the Roman style of eating. Um, eat till you puke so then you can eat some more. And, you know, I did... I did pretty good until about the Tuesday. We got there. We flew on Sunday. <laughs> it's not very long. Wait, we flew Sunday, on Sunday to Tuesday before something <laughs> And Tuesday, by Tuesday dinner, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, because it was partly the food and partly the fact that, you know, we definitely got into like the drinking culture. Yes. So, you know, you get up, we, we, and I, I was totally changing the way of eating too. Like we've had many discussions on this podcast where I talk about how I like to eat most of my food by lunchtime, right, early afternoon, right. early in the day, and then yeah, later exactly, in the day exactly. it doesn't bother Does me too that much. Flip-flop when you're so on vacation? when we were there, we would get up. I took a bunch of no cow bars, so I, I would have my morning routine, <laughs> creature of habit, and then we would go upstairs, do a little workout in the hotel gym, and then go for a brunch. Right, usually right. around ten. So I wasn't really eating much till 10, but then brunch obviously comes with cocktails. And yes. Or like should and one fancy brunch was like bottomless mimosas and I made sure they were fairly bottomless. Nice. Um, Gotta take advantage. That was like every single day. What was your earliest alcohol consumption? What time of day? Honestly. I'm trying to remember your Instagram post. It was bad. I, feel I like... think it was probably 10. Nine, yeah, okay. no, ten. I like it. So that's that's because eight, we. I made sure eight a.m. California time. Yeah, I made sure we always <laughs> did some form of exercise, but like that. So a combination of, I never really got drunk because it was like breakfast cocktails, and then you'd have a drink like in the afternoon, and then a couple more, and then roll into evening and have a couple more. Mm-hmm. But I was still going to bed fairly early, so I wasn't like drunk. But it was like all day you were riding this kind of low level buzz, and it was all yeah. cocktails. I had two glasses of wine all week. Oh, it was all cocktails. All cocktails, all mimosas. Okay. And then, like, that combined with this, like, breakfast. Like, we went to a cafe on the first day, and I had, like, some form of omelet thing, but then, like, Cajun potatoes. And they're delicious, but, like, heavily deep fried I'm just like, sorry, I, I know this is the time where I'm like, people can't see my face, but I'm basically just, like, staring at Hannah, like, with my mouth open, I'm like imagining all of these amazing dishes, and I it was I want to eat all these things. For somebody who eats, potatoes, made buns, fantastic. Like, I mean, if I think I've seasoned my food, right? I was I'm like an amateur. Yeah, I'm an amateur seasoner. <sighs> so good at flavor, yeah. There, so like that's... there was so much sugar from all the alcohol. There was so much salt from all of the seasonings, and you know it's just like this, almost like a salt on your taste buds when your usual meal is like fish and broccoli or chicken and broccoli and then suddenly everything's like fried and salt and sugar and alcohol all day and powdered sugar in the air and (laughs) And breathing the powdered sugar by tuesday i was like dave we haven't even seen a vegetable like like i we got to eat here and like at Uh. least two or three or four of the sides are going to be some form of vegetable we found brussels sprouts one time so we ordered them, but they were so fried, you could probably, like, wring the oil out yeah. of them. And it actually, like, hurt my stomach. Like, that, like, I we, like, we left that restaurant, and I was like, I, I gotta go back. Like, I just feel crap right yeah. now. 
So yeah, Brussels sprouts are hard. That to do was well, like, yeah. Without having them be like so, dripping. but the exciting thing was that yeah, by Tuesday I was like, oh god, this is gonna be way harder than I thought. And then I was like, <laughs> started to question myself, like, wow, maybe I'm really screwed up with food and my relationship with food in a way that I didn't even realize because most of the time I have. A decent amount of control over what I eat. Yeah. Or like the restaurants that I go to in Santa Barbara, I know that there's going to be some reasonably healthy choices. Yeah. Lots of vegetables yeah. or salad options to put on the side. Whereas everywhere we were going was like, wow, there's there's nothing on here yeah, that is true. I mean, I guess steamed that kind or... of cuisine is very heavy on like rice rices, right? There's a lot of rice in mm-hmm. those cuisines and like... Potatoes. There's really rich sauces that are yeah. usually made with a roux, so like a like a thick flour based mm-hmm. sauces and even like cornbread okra? in one place came get, like, with. I didn't eat okra. It's okra weird. or like I mean there are some like there are definitely some like kind of heartier vegetables that that show up, but you're right. You don't see a lot but of. I, so yeah, I had a little meltdown. I'm like Dave, we need. I'm I'm like I don't <laughs> want to sound like this boring person that won't eat the food and I'm really trying. Yeah. <laughs> and like my concession is that, you know, we're, we're drinking the alcohol all day and I'm going to just like, for some reason, like I'm, I was able to kind of let that side of things kind of go. Yeah. Like, I wasn't crawling around drunk on Bourbon Street or anything <laughs> like that. I did that. I took Dave down Bourbon Street night one. And I'm like, see this? The last time. Last, yeah, just last check time. it out. I'm I just going to look at it. It is so not the most uh, stinky. It is. It's like Did people go there to like experience that, and then I was the same way. I got there and I was like, "This is why people come." Like other neighborhoods and stuff are so much better, yeah. and the great food is elsewhere. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. thankfully, we had also gone with the advice and a big list of like nice places, and yeah, and we we tried to eat in some of the best places. Lord knows what we spent on food and drinking, but whatever. <laughs> That's why you go on vacation. But we tried to experience the best right. that it had to offer yeah. rather than like the worst. Yes. So, you know, the cocktails were all very nice. And I was like, for some reason I was able to let go in terms of like the okay. alcohol. I was like, all right, just it's, it, it's what comes with this place. Like nobody bats an eyelid if you're ordering a cocktail at 9am. Yeah. So let's just let that roll. The food part was definitely was definitely a challenge. And like when we went to so the Cafe du Monde, the famous beignet place, mm, we get there so good. and Dave was like, we'll, we'll order like three orders of it. And I'm like, I don't really know. How many come in an order? Well, I didn't know. You just get handed three bags and then you go sit yourself down. So I was like, maybe there's like one in each and he can have two and I'll have one. And so we'll open up each bag and there's three dense beignets. But before you could get to the beignets, you had to dig through about four inches of powdered sugar. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember distinctly sharing like one bag with my friend. Like it was No, we had we had three. So yeah. I managed to eat two of them. But like everybody else I was I was laughing at myself because like it's it's obviously the, the place to go. So it's packed full of people. Sorry, it's yeah, packed full like, of you. Packed, you're a big, long like, line packed full you're... of people sitting down and they're like ripping open their bags and like most people like scooping up the powdered sugar and like kids of white because they're covered yeah, all in over it. their faces and dave's got a big grin on his face because there's like an abundance of sugar and there's me dusting off <laughs> wafting the beignet to try. so you're the one who's re- you're you're responsible for putting it in the air for everyone else to breathe in like, tapping it yes. on the table <laughs> 
<laughs> dust off some of the sugar. I would have loved to see the look on their faces if you had, like, gone up and ordered, like, can I have an order without powdered <laughs> sugar? I wonder if they even would have served you. They'd be like, who, who are you, are crazy you? person? Get out. Like, so it's and better that you waited to tap it off later. Like, dusting yeah. off beignets. Yeah. And then, like, and yeah, I mean, they're fine, but it's not really my jam. I mean, it's a donut. Yeah, I don't really like, like it's donuts. A, it's a really good, fresh, out of the fryer kind of donut Very experience. Dense. And I love, I mean, I, beignets to me, like, so many cultures have an equivalent to beignets. Like, my favorite is, so when I used to live in Belgium and the Netherlands, they have um, at, at carnivals, right, like festivals and stuff like that, which happen a lot, they have their version of beignets, and they're called olibolin. So you go and you get olibolin, and it's the same thing, fried dough with powdered sugar, but I love it because olibolin just literally translates into oil balls. So like they're very upfront about what you're eating. This is an oil ball. I'm going to give you three oil balls covered in sugar. So yeah, I'm the only one that was dusting off that powdered sugar. And like, to me, I was having this weird battle when I was eating them. Because like breakfast is my thing. Like I, if I could have only one meal, oh, for sure. I want to eat breakfast. Me too. So I want it to be good, and I want there to be, like, protein in it, because so, otherwise I'm going to be hungry in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want it to be sizable and filling. So I was kind of looking at these two donut things that were now looking rather naked of their powdered sugar, and I ate them, and I was like, now what? I'm going to be hungry in 10 minutes. But I literally yeah. just ate, and I was trying not to do the calculations, but I was like, I just ate, like, hundreds and hundreds of calories and fat and sugar, and I'm gonna be hungry in ten minutes. Yeah, it's hard to switch that off, eh? Like it's when you really have like hard. when you're counting macros or depending on you know whatever nutritional kind of stuff you're thinking about, it is hard to turn it off. Like, and I'm you like think through grams of protein, carb, and I'm sure with that meal you were like, yeah, there's no protein in this. Like I'm getting carbs and fat, and that's it. And and as I was like, obviously Dave was perfectly aware of the cogs that were turning in my brain. <laughs> And he said, like, stop it. He and knows like, you well. He was I don't even counting macros right now. So I was, like, not kind of going, okay, that's got to be at least 60 grams of carbs, maybe more. And I wasn't trying to calculate like that, but I was literally just going, no protein in this whatsoever. What am I going to eat? A no-cow bar. And I don't even <laughs> That's one. why you bring it. And, and he was just like, stop it. And I was like, okay, is this a problem on my part? Or is this actually a good thing that I am, like, that I'm not willing to go... To hell with it. I'm going to fill myself full of this, this, not, I don't want to call it crap because that's offensive, but you know, stuff that's not nutritionally beneficial. I mean, I think it's not really either. It's not like, is this a problem or should I just go, you know, balls deep in a bag of like olibolin? But like, I think it's more, do you love it? Right? I mean, if you really loved them, if you took a bite and you were like, this is the best thing I've tasted in ages. Like, that's the reason to enjoy it, right? And not try to turn down the voices in your head. Because, like, that's the thing, right? We've talked so much about, you know, healthy relationships with food and how a lot of this kind of body image stuff leads us to bad relationships with food. If you really love something and you can enjoy it when you're on vacation, like, that to me is a healthy attitude. But if if you're like, I'm in New Orleans, I want to eat a beignet because I'm supposed to, and you're like, cool, I've done it. There's no reason to eat a bunch if you don't really also love them. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was trying to kind of explain to him. I was like, I'm absolutely willing to sit here and eat this because if I don't, then I'll, you know, that's 
that is kind of almost more of a problem and it's me missing out on an experience and yeah. eating two beignets is not going to ruin my life. And if you had come home from New size. Orleans and told me you didn't eat a beignet, I would have been very sad for you. But I think that's like the, <laughs> the weighing of like what you just said is it all comes down to like, is it worth it? Yeah. And you Do know, you love it? if I guess if the beignet was the most magnificent taste sensation explosion or whatever in my mouth, I would have been like, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's get more. But I was like, yeah, this is kind of like a donut, and I'm not really a donut fan, so I'm good. Um, yep. And hey, Dave, you get an extra beignet. Exactly, because he does love them. I'm, he does I'm sure, love right? Like, he does. That, that. And he was very happy to go to probably the most famous beignet place there yeah. is. Um, but Wednesday night was a big, big, like, victory for me in my hunt for vegetables. Because <laughs> <laughs> you found broccoli we somewhere. Found, broccoli. We found a seafood restaurant. Even though, like, the cornbread was heavenly, but it came with, like, a roux sauce on it. and Oh, interesting. Which, okay. you know, it was hard to avoid. And I was like, I definitely cannot let too much of this into me because it will just ruin my night and give me stomach ache. And I was going to say, is the was the roux, there was dairy in it? It's just it's probably butter. Just, butter. Just, just a lot of butter. A ton so, yeah. of butter. So yeah. I, I'm generally okay with butter, but, like, given that everything I'm eating has butter, butter in it in New Orleans yeah. then I was just like I need to try and minimize it but then there was broccoli on the menu <laughs> and it was better still it was untouched by oil it was, it was steamed. steamed and to perfection like okay, ever so slightly al dente broccoli. loads of flavor and I had it with like just grilled some kind of grilled white fish with like Really nice seasoning, but not like overpowerful seasoning. And it was kind of like that to me. My taste buds were like singing. Yeah, it was like yeah. I'd had a hint of New Orleans with the seasoning. I had a local fish. I had some of the cornbread. I had some vegetables. They had, they had broccoli really flown good. in from California, probably. <laughs> like it was that was like, probably the rarest thing on your plate. <laughs> it was like the only restaurant where there was any broccoli. Interesting. I mean, it's true. I, like I don't remember. My memories of New Orleans actually primarily are breakfast brunches as well. Like, I don't remember what I ate for dinner when I was there. Because I probably, I was a picky eater. This was a long time ago. But did you have any gumbo? We had gumbo. We had jambalaya. We had, I ate my first ever oyster, but it was like a a char-broiled one. Yes. I don't know. That's a good intro to oysters. I don't ever need to eat them raw. That's just to me. Uh, Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll be like, "Sure, I'll slurp down a raw oyster," but it's not not my favorite. There was they were heavily garliced and plenty of oil. Yeah, when they're char broiled or, or like barbecued oysters, that's good. It was yeah, that was that was good. Um, we 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 ate everything. We ate some alligator. Oh, the only thing that I does I, it taste like chicken. It's kind of like a Isn't rubbery that one of the chicken. That everyone says everything tastes like chicken. Rattlesnake, it's like the alligator, like chicken. frog legs. It's like legs. a kind of rubbery chicken. And we definitely had two extremes of alligator. We had like not so great meal with alligator, bouncy alligator. You could throw that thing against a wall; it would oh, bounce. Like off. when you have like really bad octopus. Yeah. Then we had really good yeah. alligator. Um, that was better. Still rubbery chicken. Hmm. Um, and then we had what the hell were they called? Boutine balls or something, which is like some kind of sausage. Oh, okay. Rice. It it was fried, but it was very <laughs> fried nice. Fried sausage and fried rice balls. Okay. Um. Yeah. The only thing I couldn't make myself eat was turtle soup. 
because turtles are kind of cute. And I was just like, I don't want to eat a turtle. And is it like turtles out of the Gulf of Mexico? I guess. I guess. I don't know. I, I the feel other like turtles seen... are not something I would eat either. I just, The only other place know. I've seen turtles, well, it was tur- canned turtle, was in China in the supermarket when I was sailing around right. the world. And right. Right. At the time I was like, because in England, you don't eat turtles in England. And no, I you really don't like, see that on many menus. I don't want to eat a turtle. That's... Mostly because like, like, I don't know, sea turtles, everyone just, I, I think of like, endangered yeah, species exactly. like i'm not gonna eat so i'm sure it's i'm assuming you know, it's probably not... little turtles that are farm raised in yeah Louisiana i'm sure it's not endangered turtle but... soup yeah it's not endangered turtle <laughs> soup but there was no endangered in brackets <laughs> but, but next to the turtle soup so i didn't try that but it was uh, it was intense but it, the, you actually reminded me of this the other day that i have this really i have like a limit that i hit yeah and i don't know whether it's with food as well. It definitely happens with drinking. Mm-hmm. And I hit it when we went to Mammoth for your yes, birthday Yes, for my birthday it was like the evening, the third evening. And you were like, we all got to a bar. We were all there. And it was like, we ordered cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. And then Hannah was like, sparkling water, please. And we, we all looked at you like, <laughs> what? what? Are you and you are like, I'm done. <laughs> like, I just, I'm this done. This is the same thing. Like, when we were in a hotel on the last night, I was drinking a margarita. And I looked at Dave and I was like, because we were talking about where we are going to go out for dinner. Um, and I was like, this is my last drink. And he was like, okay. We're, we're still here, though. I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, like, my like body literally... And that's genuine. That's not like me being pre- precious. No, over you're not counting calories. How many calories, calories I've consumed no. or, you know, the rate at which my liver can repair itself. It literally <laughs> just hit a wall where I'm like, I cannot drink anymore. And I'm just, I'm currently eight days into, so the group nutrition thing I mentioned earlier is something I'm running at the gym. And I did it in January for the first time with the group. And now we're doing it for the last second round of it. 30 days of super clean eating, no alcohol, dairy, gluten, all that stuff. And yeah, eight days in. And I still have, I'm yet to miss alcohol. I'm sure yeah. in a week or so. Because I did this uh, again, like I did the first time I ever did this 30 day thing before I launched it to the general public was this time last year. Mm. And I had gotten into that like COVID habit of drinking wine. Oh, so much wine was every that last evening. summer. Yeah. <laughs> that when we started the 30 days, all I could think about was wine in the evening. Right. Especially, you know, like such su- a habit. summer evening, yeah. sit outside, have a nice glass of wine. Right now, and touch what it stays that way for the next 22 days. I'm not bothered at all. I went to a party on Friday night. Was offered some of my favorite wine. Wasn't even a problem to say no. Yeah. So maybe I drank more than I realized in right. New Orleans. Right, you your limit in New Orleans and it, it helped you when you got back. Like, that's... <laughs> but overall, I think I did a reasonable job of trying things. But I certainly wasn't like... I, I still know that I have a lot of self-control. Yeah. At no point was I just like, oh, let's just order another one because it's yeah. so good. Okay, so here's the question to, to kind of bring it back to some things we've talked about a lot on here. Did you did you weigh yourself or do like an in-body scan when you got back? Or, or before you left? Like, did you do body comparative stuff? I did not weigh myself or do any kind of in-body scan before leaving. Um... 
we got back on a Sunday and I started to weigh myself on Monday morning just because I was fascinated to see like straight off the bat like where I was at yeah. because during this 30 days that I'm doing now I am weighing myself daily and taking an average and did an M-body scan at the start and the finish. Right. So, because you're also modeling that for other people. So you're going to have to do that as the leader of that group. Yeah. So I have no clue exactly what effect that, I mean, my weight when I came back from New Orleans was pretty much exactly the same as the in-body scan I did in June, I think. So your, your body, I mean, we've talked about this before. You're like very much like homeostasis. Yeah. Like you've, you've hit a point where it, it's, your body just likes to be the way it is. Like whatever yeah. extreme stuff happens, you can maybe change it a little bit, but it's pretty steady. So, so, so that's a good thing. I mean, that's a good thing. I'm down, I'm, I'm down on average three pounds now from day after return from New Orleans. But um, <laughs> that's probably like water and bloating and salt. Yeah, kind of, I probably yeah. like more than half or like much more than that. My salt consumption. Yeah. <laughs> so just peed it all out. Yes. But yes. Yeah, so I, I realized that I still have a great deal of self-control. There's definitely still some struggles when presented with extreme amounts of powdered sugar. And for some reason, I am more able to relax my boundaries with alcohol than with food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my, my takeaways. But I did try stuff, apart from turtles. Yeah. I, I mean, did try. It sounds like try... you experienced New Orleans in, in the ways that people say you're supposed to. And, you know, when it, it's also interesting um, to go to somewhere. Like, you know, in Santa Barbara, there's a lot of... You know, we've said, like, restaurants you can generally eat. You can choose not to, of course, but you can generally eat pretty well. There's a lot of people yeah. who are, you know, invested in being healthy and yeah. fit. And This is a very healthy you community in general. I mean, it's a no-smoking it's... city anyway, so you don't really see a whole lot of smoking. Yeah. Um, people do a lot of wine drinking here. A lot of wine drinking, but definitely, like, a healthy culture, right? Like, yes. it's, yeah, and... people are outdoors, active. I mean, we, we grow, like, I don't know. 70% of the vegetables that this country eats anyway here here locally or and that's definitely state, so. I mean that was definitely kind of like a culture shock in terms of like uh the emphasis on like health yeah there's that's that's a complete 180 and to see mm-hmm. the number of people I saw smoking like right. walking along like I have not breathed in that much cigarette smoke right. in a long time like that many people. And you're in smoking. a tourist area, so it's people from all sorts of yeah. states, not and just I saw, Louisiana. But and there yeah. were like one family where there was a mom, dad, and what looked to be like two teenage daughters who I mean they were probably like eighteen plus. I don't know. Do you have to be eighteen to smoke here? I don't even know. Uh, I, I think guess. you have to be eighteen to buy cigarettes. I so, think but so. They, all of them yeah, were I think smoking. It's... They were all standing oh, around the smoking. Whole the whole family were smoking and I was oh, just like Then I would think they wow. should be at And they were all like you know didn't overweight and like kind of like pasty complexion and I was just like I wanted to clean people up you know <laughs> it was yeah. like it was really hard to resist the urge to just like be like hey you guys there's another way and then Dave yeah. pointed something out <laughs> there's that... another way you're like a little like evangelical you're like I, I just want to spread the word that there the are word. ways to live without smoking and eating uh, <laughs> like poorly <laughs> but Dave pointed out that when he did his Route 66 trip that there are significant areas of this country yeah. which you know I've not spent a lot of time in where access 
to healthy food and fruit and vegetables is just non-existent. It's so true. And like, and I think that's, you know, it's sort of like, we've talked about this before too, of like, um, you know, thinking about different body types and judging them and, and, you know, larger bodies are not necessarily less healthy bodies. And, you know, and I think, you know, some of that has to do with like exposure, right? Like we said here in Santa Barbara, it's a pretty fit community right like as Mm -hmm. a whole people are probably have smaller body sizes they yeah like eat a specific way or outdoors and active all the time and then you travel to other places and you're like oh yeah like this is actually we are abnormal yeah in terms of the typical american kind of average body size um you know probably obesity rates and and yeah and it's because i mean louisiana as far as i know they don't have a lot of their own agriculture. I bet you don't have nearly the kind of access to like fresh food from farmers markets or right like stuff like that that we just take for granted here. Yeah. Um, the smoking thing, I don't really know that. There's no excuse for that. Like you have to actively don't seek do it, out people. buying cigarettes. So what? Um, what they lack in that's not an access. What they lack in thing, agriculture, but... they make up for in alligators. In alligators. <laughs> yeah. We don't have any of those. <laughs> Man, yeah. But uh, anyway, so... Our vacations were really different. <laughs> I drank and ate and breathed in powdered sugar and cigarette smoke for a week. Go yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and worked out in a hotel gym with weird ab crunching machines. Oh, those were good videos. Those Instagram videos of your... You you doing, like, machines in the gym. <laughs> I just had the permanent giggles. I was like, what is this? Um, but anyway, giggling is ab work. <laughs> true, very true. Bonus ab work. Enough about my vacation. How was yours? Yeah. Uh, yes, mine was very different. So, um, my recent vacation, and I basically we kind of overlapped a little bit. I think I left a day the day that y'all got back or the day before. Um, so I went backpacking for my time off. Um, I joined friends in. Desolation Wilderness, which is near Lake Tahoe. Um, First question, did you see any wild broccoli? (laughs) So, yeah, no. And actually, I mean, that's the one thing our vacations did have in common. I did not have any vegetables for four days either. So not really. Like, uh, I'll talk a bit more about my food, I guess. But but yeah, the fresh vegetable thing is hard to come by, but for different reasons. Um, So yeah, so Desolation Wilderness is... Right near South Lake Tahoe, it's like the southwest side of the lake. Um, the Pacific Crest Trail uh, goes through that area, as does the Tahoe Rim Trail. So it's a very like heavily trafficked backpacking area um, that is just gorgeous. Like it's a lot of varied terrain, a lot of like granite kind of rocky landscape, but then really beautiful pine forests and then all these amazing lakes. Um, so it's really like a big area that's sort of all these different interconnected lakes. Um, and immediately little... sounds healthier than my holiday. It does. <laughs> I mean, the, I didn't breathe in powdered sugar, but we did have some air quality issues because of things like some of the fires, like the Tamarack fire and the Dixie, some of the bad fires in California and Oregon, we were getting some fallout in the air. So we spent, well, a hundred percent of our time outdoors and, for the first day and a half or two days, had some air quality issues like that. So I was breathing in smoke, um, not cigarette <laughs> and not powdered sugar. But um, yeah, so so this was 
this was a back a short relatively short backpacking trip three nights four days um it was about 33 miles um overall about 5,000 feet of elevation gain so a pretty challenging but but still moderately challenging like it wasn't nearly as hard as the Teton Crest Trail that I did last year um and I almost didn't go because I was I was feeling stressed I didn't want to drive eight hours by myself to meet up with my friends who were already up there um but I'm glad I talked myself into it because I ultimately kind of decided that um, while I could have had a staycation at like a hotel with a pool <laughs> and I thought of that just like eating room service and probably drinking cocktails like you starting at 10 in the morning um, a, a dear friend kind of challenged me with uh, you know you have been training for for things like should you know this you know do you really want to like give up this opportunity to hike in this beautiful place that you've always wanted to go um, and it's true I've been training for my Mount Elbrus summit in russia that has now been bumped three years in a row <laughs> so Oof. yeah so it was it was like okay i think i need to go do this um and it ended up i mean it was a fantastic trip like i my body was definitely better prepared for backpacking than i think it's ever been on any of these trips like i felt fantastic um so that was awesome uh Food wise, also a very different kind of trip because I was eating. You mean there were um, restaurants? All yeah, over the place I mean <laughs> with deep fat fryers. And... I know there were absolutely no beignets to be had anywhere. But uh, no, my my backpacking cuisine is basically I make my own freeze dried meals um, because uh, it's very lightweight, which is important, and also. I take a really lightweight stove, so I basically just boil water. Like, what can I make by just pouring boiling water in? Why do or you bars? make your own? I've, I've um, had a lot of freeze-dried meals, and yeah. there's, like, there's some that are super gross, but there's some that really aren't that bad. But, like, yeah. it feels like it takes a lot of work to make your own. I mean, so mostly it was, like, mostly it was the first reason. Like, so many of the ones I tried, like the ones you buy at REI and stuff, and they have so many different brands, almost all of them are kind of either they taste gross. Like I don't like the way they taste or they have a weird texture because some things freeze dry better than others. Um, or I feel gross. Like you were kind of talking about like hitting your limit with food. Like for me, some of those meals have so much salt, so much, a lot of them have a lot of added sugars or like oil powders or something because they're also packing in calories, right? Like when you're backpacking is not a time to diet you know, for the most part, like, let's say I eat 2,200 calories a day. Now, when I go backpacking, I try to make that closer to like 3,000 because I'm probably burning upwards of six to 8,000 calories a day. Um, so I'm trying to eat more. So those backpacking meals, they, they're trying to help you pack in all those calories. Um, but because of it, like kind of like what you're saying with salt consumption, um, with all that salt and like weird preservatives I usually just feel a bit sick after eating them and when you are I, I won't go into too many details but when you're in a place where you're going to the bathroom outdoors and you have to dig a hole and pack out all your all your toilet paper and everything like that mm -hmm. you kind of want to avoid digestive issues if possible right true and you know it's hard when you've got a 42 pound pack on your back that's cinched around your hips and your waist like if you've got anything happening in your tummy 
it's not going to be a good good day. So um, I make my own because then I can really control like. Do you know how and... much how many calories is in each meal? Yeah. So because I because I make it all myself, like I buy all the in. I don't have a freeze dryer myself, but I buy all the individual components. So there's companies where you can just get freeze dried corn, freeze dried beans, even freeze dried chicken, um, freeze dried you know, rice, different things like that. So I buy all the raw materials. Um, so you like, should try freeze drying a beignet. Take some oh, powder sugar. So I have had, you can get that kind of stuff at, at like REIs and different stores. Like I did have a freeze dried ice cream sandwich once. It was kind of like, it, it's got the texture of like marshmallows in cereal. So like Lucky Charms marshmallows where it's I've like chalky. Lucky Charms. Oh, okay. I don't know what the equivalent, the British equivalent would be. But there's this very specific kind of chalky texture to like freeze dried sugar foods. It's gross, but um, sounds gross. Yeah, there was one I used to love <laughs> for sailing, which is like 600 calories or something like that. It was like a blueberry cobbler. Yeah, it's like so sweet. But like so when sweet. you're burning tons of ca- tons of calories exercising, yeah, it was really good. And I'm definitely like I'm not afraid of sugar on the trail by any means, but. The reason I like to prepare my own stuff and control what I'm bringing is more like too much sugar or the wrong kind of sugar also just gives me heartburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're already uncomfortable backpacking. So it was more like, how do I avoid as much discomfort as possible? Um, so yeah, so my meals that I make are like, I make a taco bowl. So it's like freeze-dried corn, freeze-dried black beans. Um, I usually do like a freeze-dried TVP, like textured vegetable protein to get my protein in. Um, and then I use like, uh, right rice, which is this like kind of vegetable mixture rice that it's not, it is kind of freeze dried. It's you pour in boiling water and in 12 minutes, it's like, it's good to go. Um, and then I also make basically just a, like a mac and cheese. It's like the rice with, uh, I buy this nice, like extra sharp Vermont cheddar cheese powder, like bougie cheese powder. Some, a couple tablespoons of like freeze dried butter um, that, that does, you know, doesn't kind of make my tummy go weird. Um, and then I just put in like a pack of tuna. I get that like flat pack canned tuna. Mm-hmm. So, well, flat pack, it's not in a can, but yeah. Um, so those are what my like dinners look like. So I can really predict like, okay, there's definitely lots of salt because I'm, drinking electrolytes and stuff all day anyway. Um, but the meals are like really dense calories, but without all the weird preservatives. Um, Do you have and freeze dried Pinot Noir? <laughs> so I, powdered I peanut. have, I have. Powdered Pinot, that should be a thing. Powdered Pinot, if that were a thing, I've actually, so I feel like I've heard of this before, but I can't imagine it being any good. We should, we should look into this though. I I would totally Um, invent that. I have backpacked in a, like a little soft pack bladder of wine before. Um, but mostly when I backpack, like on this trip, I took whiskey because it's like, sometimes I really, I really do. It's, it's nice to have like a little bit of something at the end of the day. You kind of feel like you've earned it. It it also helps you sleep because I sleep terribly at like altitude. Um, but I take whiskey because it's like. Just lighter. <laughs> Get so. more bang for your buck. Definitely more bang for your buck. <laughs> and, and I mean, when you're up there, it's really just like you're having like an ounce. You're, you know, you definitely don't want to be drunk backpacking. It's uh, that just ruins know. your sleep even more. Feels like it can um, be fun. 
Drunk Backpacking. Uh, sponsored by Powdered Pinot. Sponsored by Powdered Pinot. Oh, man. If Powdered Pinot is not a thing, we should try to invent it. Oh, I'm it. looking into like, it. Trust me. Yeah. I think that could be revolutionary. I, could I be, mean, if I invented can, it, I could be responsible for many accidents. Yeah. <laughs> you can get really bougie freeze-dried coffee and, like, you know, instant backpacking coffee. That is a whole market that has exploded. If you could figure out powdered alcohol, um, you you'd make millions. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I would Any I'd pack out in there willing to all try? kinds of different Let like, me know. Yeah. Let me know. I'm um, game to try. That yes. I will I'll yeah, that sounds like a great business plan. So um <laughs> to return your question if me, did you like weigh yourself or do any kind of embody scan prior to this and then again afterwards? So I did because um so Last year, I had a big trip. It was a five-day backpacking trip in Teton National Park, um, the Teton Crest Trail. And like you, had spent many of the early months of COVID averaging, you know, a bottle of wine a day, really not... I mean, I was probably eating fine still, but the pandemic, you know, it was it was a tough few months. We weren't exercising. We, you know, it was just rough. So I was probably... I was in okay shape. But definitely not like as prepared as I wanted to be for that trip and feeling kind of, you know, just not feeling great about my body. Um, I probably weighed close to like a hundred, probably like 167, maybe even a little bit more pounds um, before I went on that trip. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I had lost like five to six pounds. Um, which makes sense, right? Like backpacking with a 40 plus pound pack and trekking poles with lots of elevation, you know, 10 to 12 miles a day, you are definitely burning, let's say 8,000 calories a day. You're eating 2,500. A pound of fat is 3,500 calories. Like it makes sense. Like backpacking, so when you, you will lose weight. I remember when you were telling me through so about that trip, you're like, oh, eating 2,500 calories a day, but I'm going to be burning this much. And I was like, is your goal to lose weight? Yeah. Or like, because you can, there's plenty of ways you can right. get a lot more calories yeah. than 2,500 in. It's true. And the goal is absolutely not to lose weight. Like, you you don't want to be dieting. Because when I was racing across yeah. oceans, I would eat like 4,000 calories yeah, a day. Yeah, exactly. And if I could, if I could, if I could make myself eat that much, I should. Um, because yeah, you're not, I mean, hiking, walking, backpacking, all this kind of stuff, it is good for weight loss but that's not that's definitely not my intent it's just a byproduct of the fact that you are just working that hard um and we don't normally act we're not normally that active so when you go to the gym and you train maybe you train for an hour maybe you train for an hour and a half um and you're burning a few hundred calories when you're out walking with a pack on your back it's just like you can't help but burn more calories than you can eat like i don't know when the last time is you you tried to eat 4,000 calories a day, I, I, don't, I don't even know how I would do it other than, I mean, drinking like sodas, like think, drinking things that are like full of like high fructose corn syrup. Or well, like three freeze-dried meals at like 800 calories a pop and then things like cliff bars that are... But aren't you like so full? Like how do you like... Not like that's I'm just a active. lot of substance. 
Because, I mean, like, like so I would get backpacking my, my meals. Like, in the morning, I would eat one of those, like, nut butter stuffed Bobo's bars. Mm-hmm. So that's almost 400 calories in a little bar. So, like, that's dense, right? I'm like, perfect. See, I could Put eat that two down. of those. Yeah. And, and sometimes I did. So I would eat that. I would eat Cliff Bars. I had... Um, I always love, I take gummy bears. Those are like one of my favorite or like sour gummy worms. (laughs) I love those. Um, And then, yeah, throughout the day I would have like my mixed trail mix would have like plantain chips, um, crackers, uh, those like, it's almost like freeze dried cheese, like baked Parmesan snacks. So it's just Mm -hmm. cheese. So like, like fat calories, lots of fat calories. Um, And... uh, yeah, like I, and then tons of like electrolyte packets, but the ones that actually have sugar. So like yeah. liquid IV, the ones that are like giving you the potassium and the sodium, but also like have like just straight up sugar calories in them. But even that, eating all that throughout the day, every hour I would be eating when we take breaks. But like I could still like 3000 is like pushing it for me before I'm just like feeling like I'm going to explode. That's where powdered pinot is going to help you and out. Powdered pinot, wh- absolutely. Like, sure, we'll make it maybe like I will drink calorific. More. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the best was like last year. I didn't do this this time, but last year, because you can do like oatmeal packets, and I found powdered maple syrup. Like, Ooh. legit, like Vermont or, or Quebecois, like maple syrup, but in powdered form. That was good. Really? <laughs> That's a good way to add like, like stuff to your oatmeal extra and I would put like coconut sugar and stuff so that was really good um well yeah but anyway so the goal is not to lose weight but it happens because you're just doing so much work um so I did do I had done an in-body scan early in July maybe because I hadn't really um it had just been a while and I was just curious where I was at um I gained a little bit of weight um but but it was muscle a little bit of fat too because I'd come out of my cut so I was already eating more calories I was back up to maintenance um so I just wanted to see because I've ditched the scale I've never I've oh, never really? gone back I've never gone back to doing the daily weigh-in so I've, I've totally ditched the scale and now it's just occasionally I'll do these in-body scans but with this trip I was curious to see if the like basically on average you lose a pound a day backpacking I just wanted to see if that was accurate Sure enough, did another in-body scan. I had gone from 155.8 to 151.8 on a four-day backpacking trip. So it was almost precisely four pounds in four days. Um, some of it was definitely muscle. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, And I asked one of our other coaches who's very... <laughs> who's very nerdy scientist, and I love being able to like ask him these questions, but we had a long conversation about like, can you, can you help what your body burns? Like you want it to burn fat, but sometimes it's just going to burn muscle. It's going to, and ultimately he was like, yeah, when you're working that hard, your body's just going to burn everything. Mm -hmm. So you can't really control if you're going to lose muscle. You'll probably lose fat and muscle. So I did do an in-body scan. I lost four pounds. Ultimately that wasn't the goal. And it doesn't matter because now I'm actually disappointed I lost weight because it was muscle that I lost. Like, yeah. I could see. The in-body scan kind of helps you see. Well, like, backpacking is kind of like an endurance event. And, like, oh, you it's, don't, you, it's it like is. any endurance athletes, you don't see people who run, like, 50Ks. They are not muscular. Big and bulky. No. They're skinny. No. they got, like, like very highly functioning running muscles. Yeah. But yeah. absolutely nothing in excess of that. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. And, and I don't want to be, 
I don't want to be skinny, right? Like I want to be strong. So I was She's a like a conflicted backpacker. Like, I am. I like, want to go on this trip, but I don't want to have the outcome I know. of the body. <laughs> and like, I want to do, I mean, it's, it's so, it is, it's, it's, I'm so conflicted because it's like I train to be as fit as possible for the trail. But then when I get out on the trail, I lose a lot of that muscle that I've been building. Like I want to do the John Muir trail at some point, And that's probably like three weeks. I will lose a lot of weight. I'll have to come back and like start over with but a when lot you of come strength back, training. Uh, you've trained since you've come back. Do you notice a difference from well, losing that? So, yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw that I was four pounds down, I jumped up on the pull-up bar to see how many strict pull-ups I could do. Because, <laughs> right, like that's my measure of my strength to weight ratio. If I lose a pound or two, I can usually add a strict pull-up to my set. <laughs> like, So I did. I... I, um, I I knocked out eight, which is my all-time PR. So, um, nice. So that made me feel a little bit better. Like I lost, you know, losing some muscle, but losing just overall weight does help you with the gymnastics movements. So um, I did that the day I did the Embody Scan, but now I'm just kind of back to like, I want to go back to lifting heavy and build that muscle back up. So, you know, it was good to do the Embody Scan to be curious, but... Um, and that's kind of interesting, yeah. like, I've asked you in the past episodes, like, on the, your macro counting journey, like, what is your goal? Like, what is... Right. And now it's kind of interesting to be like, okay, oh, I got lighter. Ooh. But there's a trade-off. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping, right? Like, this confirmed that my goals really are performance-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, eating, being at maintenance, I think, for so long leading up to this trip is certainly why my body felt so good like there were some days where you know we had our longest day was 12 miles maybe 3,000 feet of elevation gain and then a bunch of elevation loss and descending is also really hard on the body hard um, on the knees yeah I know <laughs> when you get older yeah yeah the knees don't the trekking poles that. really help um but all that like I mean my I wasn't ever really sore like my body re- like it could handle it. My, my legs, my hips, everything was like very well prepared for backpacking, which I've, so I felt the best. So I was like, this is performance goals, right? Like how I felt was all I cared about. So do you think like you mentioned like a year ago, you weren't in a particular happy place with your body and like how Mm -hmm. you looked now, if you like, you know, I asked you in the past, like with the macro counting, like what, what, where's the journey? Like, are we looking to get like shredded and lean with rippling muscles everywhere or like what's the deal and you're like I don't really know and now you're like actually performance goals are more exciting because they feel better because like... <laughs> yeah because it enables you to do stuff you could eat you don't have to be yeah miserable and hungry and yeah and cold most of the time and cold. yeah exactly and when you feel your performance being affected it's mm. kind of a bummer and like I, I'm the same like right now in this 30 days of like clean everything yeah like I'm eating a decent amount, but it's still like less in terms of calories. Cause are I you take... counting the calories no. and macros or you're just, no, that's like... part of the whole deal is that there's no, like you're not actually looking at calories. That. You're it's just, just like at the foods you eat. Yeah. I'm not putting in the calorically dense right. items. Like even like I usually eat two no cow bars a day. That's 400 calories gone. Right. Straight up gone. That's hard to make up for eating corn cakes and tuna and things like that. So, like, I'm already, like, feeling, like, heavier stuff is 
harder. Is it starting to feel harder? And I'm getting to, like, if I lift something that is usually, like, heavy but acceptable, it's now heavy, it's standing up, and holy smokes, I can see stars, see, and yeah. I feel dizzy. Yeah, I mean, it. I, it's interesting. Because I definitely, I mean, I also feel like, um, and this is a new feeling for me, too, is... Uh, I am kind of looking ahead to like when I want to do my next cut. So I think that that's part of the journey is now I've, I did, I've done, um, you know, three to four months at maintenance and then did like a two and a half month cut and then went back to maintenance. So I'm kind of learning now the cycle of body recomposition, right? Like if, if it's done slowly and thoughtfully like you do that right like maintenance cut but then you go back up so you don't like you don't want to stay in and a cut then too you long. become like homeostasis hannah well exactly right like and that's the idea is if you do it super slowly then you're you're resetting you're kind of creating this yeah like so so i i have been thinking about that not necessarily that i want to like well i mean some of it is i'm like still curious if you know my abs will ever be visible, but, um, <laughs> but it is more like the journey of like, just what you described, which is like, now I have a little bit more information. The next time I go into a cut, I'll be more thoughtful about how I feel performance wise. Right. Like, um, yeah. Like, will I, will things start to feel a little more difficult in the gym? And probably what will happen is what happened the last time I was in a cut, which is, I then started looking forward to when I could come out of the cut, like getting back to maintenance calories. So I think that's also it too. It's like, this will be my, my next cycle through that kind of thought process as well. So. Well, there you go. Your yeah. vacation <laughs> was, was very a whole different. Lot different to mine. <laughs> you lost, I gained, I don't know if I gained, I may have gained. I gained, so I gained water we weight. We both gained experiences. We gained life experiences. We gained life and we had enjoyment. We and did not eat vegetables. Yes. Yeah, I know. That that was my fault. I can put freeze-dried vegetables in my meals. I just, I didn't have, I didn't if go I buy go them this time. If I have a backpacking so. trip with you, I'm just going to randomly pull out a broccoli. Um, you know, know like, if fresh broccoli weren't so damn heavy, but freeze-dried broccoli, freeze-dried broccoli is one of those foods that doesn't rehydrate very well yeah no like that's kind of why i've skipped it and i even tried dehydrated spinach and that's a little weird and it gets stuck in your teeth and that's Corn harder in the back country when you don't have uh, uh so actually what i ended up doing last year was grinding all the green veggies up into a powder and then just throwing that powder into the meal so that was the way to get the green veggies. I just didn't have time to do that this time because I, it was not super spontaneous trip, but I definitely had to work with just what, what freeze-dried food I actually still have at home. Well, there you go. So. Well, now, listeners, you know what we've been doing <laughs> for the last 20 days. Although we weren't on vacation for 20 days, it just our timings made it so that we couldn't really yeah. get you an episode. We wanted to have something quality to say. And I hopefully, hopefully, somewhere in that... <laughs> Abundance of chat in that just um, way between yeah. freeze dried vegetables and powdered sugar. There was something useful for you, <laughs> and hopefully you've had vacations too. This is summertime and travel. Even though you know, yeah, travel opened up again a lot. I think a lot of people traveled lately, so um, we'd love to 
hear in comments or something how how y'all's travels have gone or if there's other questions about and are you eating somebody, while traveling yeah like are you someone who goes away and throws caution to the wind and eats themselves right. into a stupor or are you like <laughs> i'm on a try but this is not a reason to go when's what's your you limit to... can you can you last longer than hannah <laughs> you have an emergency shut off automatically fired after three days of straight drinking yep yep and have you ever breathed in powdered sugar and do the calories absorb the same? We should look up that as well as looking up um, powdered pinot. Yeah, powdered <laughs> pinot. It's a thing. Scientists, get in touch. As ever, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Comments, DMs, we love it. Share it around. Tell the people about it. And we'll be back in 10 days, back to our regular schedule with episode 20, which surely makes us famous. Thanks for listening. <laughs>